0: This is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grid campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. UBC has many varsity sports teams, and we've spent the last three years covering them to the best of our ability. On two of our most recent shows, we've also looked at a couple of the many club teams our school has to offer. Now on top of that, there is also a middle ground between the two, and that's the Thunderbirds Sport Clubs, or TSCs. While not varsity sports under the U Sports or NAIA umbrella, members of TSCs are school-sanctioned and supported student-athletes and compete against other schools at a regional and national level. To take a closer look at what being a TSC means, Mike Liu spoke with three members of the UBC table tennis team who are making the transition to TSC status this year, as well as with two members of the UBC Quidditch community who have had a TSC team since 2016 and also have an AMS club team. First, Let's hear from the UBC table tennis team. Hey, everyone,
1: welcome to today's uh, Sports Collective interview segment, where I'm joined by the UBC table tennis club's uh, Angela Au, who is the club lead and captain uh, for the TSC team, Uh, Vincent Liu, the finance officer, and HP Jacobson, travel and safety officer. It's great to have you guys here. Um, can Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves?
2: Uh, sure, I'll go ahead first. So, hello everyone. Um, I'm Angelo. I'm club lead and the captain for this year's UBC Women's Tennis team. Uh, I've been I'm in my fourth year in solder, um, servicing and accounting. Uh, it's my it's also my fourth year on the team here, and I've been kind of running the team for three or four years. And uh, yeah, I'm looking really forward for our TSE status and what we can do with it.
1: Awesome. I
3: guess I can go on next <laughs> then yeah so i'm vincent i'm in third year mechanical engineering and it's also well no not also but it's my third year on the team and yeah i've been playing for competitive table tennis for i think since i was 13. and i was i guess the president of table tennis club last year but angelo will be taking over this year
4: uh, hey my name is uh hans but people call me hp I'm a current fourth year student studying international relations hopefully graduating this year. I uh played table tennis since uh 2012 or 13 so for quite some time. Um and then when I came to UBC I uh joined the table tennis team. i uh, my first and second year and now here in fourth year I'm uh, the travel and safety officer for our new TSE club.
1: That's awesome. Uh have to ask you why did you get what, uh, besides um besides being having played table tennis for so long why did you guys want to join UBC table tennis was it just for convenience or was it just to get uh, a recreational feel or did you see the already the competition uh, the, the, compet- uh, the competitive side of it and really want to be
2: part of that scene um so so you you're asking why we wanted to join TSC, right? Yeah?
1: oh no, no uh, rather just the table tennis club prior oh, to oh like why
2: why we join um, yes yeah so uh, i mean for me, it was, um, I, I guess I, it's fair to say that I'm kind of in love with the sport. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been I've been playing, I, I started ra- uh, relatively late, like similar to Vincent's age, around 13, 12, like back in Hong Kong. And, um, but yeah, ever since I moved here, um, I've been like, it's kind of part of my social life and I met a lot of cool people. Like I was in the uh, provincial team. I met Vincent there too, and I, along with um, a few of our other sex. And yeah, and then I just feel like it, it's a, yeah, it's a good thing to have the, It's a part of a social life apart from our school. It's a good way to de stress ourselves. Um, a, a lot of us can agree to that. Too. Um, and yeah. And meanwhile, like the more time I put into it, the more I, I am like, I feel like I'm part of a team and want to put more into it.
3: Um, you also mentioned um why our club uh, joined the TSC family as well, right? Oh, uh,
1: that's coming up. Yeah. Coming. Oh, okay.
3: Oh, so it's more um uh on just a in general, like yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like, because since i played uh table tennis since, uh, I don't know, beginning of high school, I, I don't think I can stop because I think, same as Angelo, I really like the sport and it's just feel wrong to leave it when I uh, enter university. And, well, before coming to UBC, I already knew Angela was in table tennis. I'm like, so I messaged Angela yo, how's table tennis at UBC? And then and he was like, yo, it's so good. And you should come join when you come to university. But yeah, that, I guess that's what happened. Awesome.
4: Uh, when, uh, when it comes to me, honestly, um, I was desperate uh, to join a table <laughs> tennis club. Uh, that's no joke. Uh, similarly to Angelo and Vincent, my, my passion for table tennis has been consistently high since it started. And um, before I went to UBC, I went to a boarding school for two years where the only practice I had was either two hours away or uh, with a wall at my school. And so uh, it was pretty clear that when I applied to university uh, or universities in general, um, after high school, it was very important for me to find uh, a place that had an offered uh, really strong table tennis community, which is one of the reasons why I came to UBC. And then uh, as soon as I was here, I tried to join
1: that's awesome so it sounds like you all love the sport and the club itself seems like it has a really awesome social scene as well if it's uh, kept you guys around all the time as well um and i have to ask ju- just out of curiosity who are some of the most accomplished players that you've had throughout the history of the club if you know any
2: um most accomplished i don't think it's fair to define um, the whole Accompl- team one of yeah. the individuals yeah i think I mean, in terms of our team achievements, um, uh, the, the yeah, year like before I to. joined, yeah, in her uh, before I joined, the year of twenty seventeen, yeah, I think that was a year when our girls team got fourth out of the entire North American uh, nationals. Um, yeah, that was really impressive because we we compete with like top schools in the U.S., um, including like Berkeley, um, uh, like, like some Texas schools that really got hit with them. So that was a big year for us, um, but that was before I joined too. Um, mm. but. Uh, like gradually, we've always been getting first in our own division and top four in our region. So, um, yeah, and our, our athletes are also like it's, it's just a coincidence. That a lot of our athletes are really accomplished too. Um, for example, um, one of our players this year, Ivy, uh, she joined last year. Actually, um, she's uh on a Canadian national team and she represents the country uh, at national, cha- uh, sorry, world championships. And and for example, like me and another exact David, um, we were part of the Canadian team at the World University Games last last year. So, um, yeah, we've had some really, and then we have, like, individuals coming from, like, China, Taiwan, Japan, um, Mexico, so it's a really accomplished team in general.
1: Sounds amazing. So, all right, to the main point of the interview, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, the UBC Thunderbird Sports Clubs, or UBC TSC, recently announced the addition of Table Tennis, uh, I believe, at the end of the last of the end of the last school year, they announced that uh, table tennis would be added to their list of competitive sports. Um, and again, to explain briefly what TSC is, it's uh, it's an official school sanctioned uh, competitive sport club system. So it differs from the recreational sports clubs that you normally see on campus. Uh, and they, rep- they become student athletes in the sense where uh, they're supported by the school. And everything, and they become official student athletes, and it's just an incredible experience all around. So, first of all, congratulations! And I have to ask all of you: uh, What was the process of becoming a TSC club like? Uh, was it always the goal from the start, or was there? And were there any obstacles to becoming a TSC club?
4: I think I'll uh, speak first on this one. Um, so, I think what what happened was. Uh, we initially realized that we had certain needs from our ams table tennis club or the competitive aspect of it um, that we uh, we were seeking to see if we could get some help in terms of uh, organizing practices and training um, that could really make us at a competitive advantage because when we were in the ams club we were uh, lacking the ability to have a coach, to have formal practice sessions, and to have a system where we could organize uh, when we would travel to uh, different locations uh, for our tournaments long ahead of time. Usually what we would do, we would book them <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ahead because things were, I guess, lacking a certain competitive structure. So at the, uh, I think at the end of our first year, Angelo and I's first year, we uh, really wanted to uh, see what options we had available, and the TSC seemed the most fitting for our needs. Uh, so what we did was when uh, Second Year came around and Vincent was president, we essentially filled the application, in. And it was huge. It was uh, three <laughs> documents. I think one of them was at least 30, 30 pages. Yeah. yeah. We, we had a bunch of sit-downs. Um, and, uh, it was fun though. I uh, have to say for, for me, at least it was a fun, good experience without, not with too many obstacles. I think our club was lucky in that we filled a lot of the requirements already. Like there was nothing we struggled with in fitting, uh, within the boundaries of what it uh, is required from a TSC club. Um, uh, and yeah, I think everything went pretty, uh, smoothly on, on my part at least. I'd love to hear what my, uh, peers think
3: um yeah like like she said like um as our competitive team was growing we needed some help um other than getting a better practice and coach we also needed support from tsc so um we can go to nationals which we qualify every year um but it takes place during exams so other what else did we lack um we lacked financial needs since almost everything um, all the travel fees airplane tickets car fees we've been kind of supporting ourselves most of the time and we are we i think did we lose any athletes not going to nationals i think for one year we qualified but we didn't go at all which is really unfortunate
2: yeah i think um HP and Vincent hit a lot of the main points there. It's like uh, no finances, um, and then no no support, no uh, no practices, no coach. Um, I think for me, a big part of it was it's actually a personal experience. Um, when I was in um, year one, we we qualified for nationals, but then in the beginning, I actually couldn't attend it, even though we worked really hard for it, because it was clashing with my exams. Um, and I, at that time, I was just like the only thing in my mind was like this is. Just, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like I work my, I work really hard to um to get there, and then suddenly I'm not. And you're, suddenly, like my faculty is telling me how we're not representing UBC on an official capacity, and therefore we're not allowed to go. I, I think that was not very. That was not a very pleasant experience for me. And I it was from that point on when I realized maybe we should fight for like a, a higher status and be recognized at the actual school. school.
1: I think you guys absolutely deserve it because competing at that high level, making nationals in itself is not an easy feat. And to not be able to go because of exams, like, sure, we all can agree that school is really important, but this is also a chance for you to compete. And I think being a TC athlete does help you do that because I believe that they also offer academic uh, concession, right? Right, Yeah. yeah. And as official UBC representatives, you guys are supported by the university. So uh, I also have to ask, because this is a pretty significant shift. So um, what sort of impact has it had in the time period um, between then and now? Uh, Has your club seen any reorganization or any changes to how they go about? Or uh, has there always been that sort of structure that will carry over uh, into being a TSC club? Anyone? Do you want me to clarify anything? Yeah, or? No,
4: I can, I can go. I think I have, a, have an idea. What I would say to that is first of all, COVID has significantly uh, changed the way that we've been able to approach our roles for this team. Uh, things like tryouts, training facilities um, are still things we're, that have been delayed and that we're still figuring out, as a matter of fact. Um, So our structure, I would say, it's been hard to define because there there has been so much unpredictable uh, circumstances surrounding the work that we've been doing. What I can say, though, is we have made, I would say, uh, very uh, important efforts to make sure that although we have now deviated the competitive branch from the AMS branch, we're still trying to keep the two clubs connected and not completely separate. So we're very much in touch with uh, the current executives of the uh, UBC Amos Table Tennis Club, where we um, have sort of split some of the responsibilities between the competitive and non-competitive aspects and uh, planned when time allows for it to perhaps have some
2: collaborative events going on um yeah so i think just yeah HP made a really good point there about how COVID has really um, we, we had a lot of plans um before about what we want to do once we get the status but um unfortunately because of COVID like a lot of it doesn't a lot of it isn't allowed at the moment but um I think it's a like I think it's a good foundation though for um the table tennis development of UBC in general because now um now we have to say that it's like in the future uh, future students will be benefited by it and then and then now we've really um, separated the recreational branch and the competitive branch so um it's more focused now and different people like everyone on campus no matter their level can be um, can enjoy the sport so i think that's a really big part of it
1: yeah it must be tough especially with covid and being a new club like almost happening at the exact same time it's probably pretty Definitely hard to get uh, anything concrete in place, but it's that it's great to hear. And just knowing from what I've heard about the AMS Club, to know that you guys have that foundation to build off—it's it, I'm pretty sure you guys will do really well uh, in TSC. Um, I have to ask. So, for U Sports sanctioned teams, so which are varsity teams, they have a set schedule which are published and everything, and it, and it's like very it's very very meticulously organized, but. For TSC, uh, TSC usually cover, usually covers sports that don't follow U sports or don't fall under U sports umbrella. Can I ask what your
2: competition schedule usually looks like if it weren't for COVID, let's say this year? Yeah, um, I, I can talk about that. So usually, so we compete under NCTPA or um, National Collegiate Table Tennis Association, and we primarily compete in the States. Um, so usually what happens is we have one divisional in seattle around november and a second one in portland around february uh january february and then after that we if we qualify then we go to regionals which is usually held in california and then we head to nationals if we qualify and that's uh, usually either north carolina or texas last year was in texas but that's usually the main tournaments that we compete is there anything
1: that you're particularly looking forward to um in the future, let's say uh, COVID eventually dies off, is there anything you're looking forward to, especially with your new TSC status? Is there anything you're looking forward to doing?
3: Um, I think uh, we were thinking about this one tournament called um, North American EULA Teams. Um, it's where um, the best players, I think, even all over the world, compete. And um, I remember there were um, professional players from germany and some other countries in europe that compete in that tournament and i think um our team has the uh, capabilities and i think we consider in competing in that tournament
2: i think i mean yeah well one thing i really look forward to um in the future when COVID dies off for the team is I mean because like the the way we've been building the team since the beginning is that we don't only look at this as a sports team we kind of see it as a social group like the UBC table tennis team has always been known like to other schools as not just a regular table tennis team but a really close group of friends because so, like we would hang out and have dinner every week even without practices and then when we go to tournaments instead of just Viewing it as a tournament, it's more like a. It's more like spending time with our friends too. So what I look forward to in when COVID dies off is, is that we, yeah, you know, we can travel as a team. Like of course we look we look closely to the competitive side, but then we also have lots of fun together and yeah, and hopefully this will carry on with the UBC the team. Um. Yeah.
4: Sorry to add to that. Um, <laughs> What I'm looking forward to, I think, the most the most significant thing for me, at least, when COVID is over, is that I feel once this club is starting for real, uh, I I feel like we will then transition from having had an A.M.S. club to this competitive setting, where people can now feel that we're having actual practice sessions, where people can feel that they can not only maintain their current uh, athletic um, uh, Which is say, abilities, but also improve them because we now have like proper training facilities and proper, uh, proper coaches to help us with that. Uh, in the past, at least for me, it always felt like if you you always had to have some level of table tennis background to compete uh, in the past because there wasn't that much viability to improve your gameplay. And so I'm excited to see how the team can foster. Um, uh, new, uh, a new and in enhanced training.
1: That's amazing. So that concludes really the TSE aspect, main interview. But I have to also, because you guys are such a great club and your reputation alone should speak a lot for yourself, but I have to ask you guys to do some advertising for yourself. So can you tell us about any events, stuff you're gonna host even during um, this first semester or something? Is there anything that you can still, are you guys are still hosting online or some social events that uh, prospective members could even attend?
4: Well, this is a a time we should have had a marketing officer with us.
5: Uh,
2: (laughs) (laughs) um, uh,
4: Angelo, do you want to talk about
2: the tryouts? Yeah, um, sure. So the main thing we're planning right now is tryouts, obviously, because we want to have our team set up as soon as possible. Um, we're looking to have that in October once our, um, COVID safety plan and all our facilities are approved. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we're, we're looking forward to like anyone coming to try out and just having a good time. Cause again, it's not only about your table tennis level that we look at here. We, we care a lot about a, a, a so-called culture fit, how, how well you fit into our team or um, the kind of mentality you have. So no matter what level you are, just you're welcome in here and we're hoping
3: you will have a, a good time with. yeah yeah and i also believe um, us and the ams table tennis club we're still um, co-hosting tournaments um so if covid dies down like in the near future or wait or we are able to gather on campus again um stay tuned for like a campus wide tournament Um, sometime in March or February.
1: That's awesome. Uh, Yeah, all right. That should wrap it up for this interview. Thank you again, UBC Table Tennis Club for providing us your time. It was a pleasure to uh, talk to you guys and best of luck in the future. Bring home more awards for UBC. Thank you, Mike. Thank Thank you, Mike. That was the UBC Table Tennis Club you just heard and we would like to thank them once again for spending their time and giving us an amazing interview. Next up, Uh, I interviewed the UBC Quidditch Club, which is another TSC club, which also happened to make the switch from being just an AMS club to now a competitive TSC club. And again, the theme that we're looking at here is showing how TSC allows student-athletes to compete in competitive sports representing UBC that would otherwise not be afforded to them. Um, not everyone can be a varsity athlete, and having this sort of competitive club structure just show, just gives the opportunity for many students to be able to get their feet wet in university competitive sports. So, without further ado, uh, next up is the UBC Quidditch Club. Hey everyone, welcome back to, uh, once again to our future interviews. Today, I'm joined by UBC Quidditch's uh, TSC club head, Christian Spence, and UBC Quidditch AMS club president, uh, Lyndon Wong. Great to have you both here with us. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and why you joined Quidditch?
5: Um, I can go first. Yeah, that's not not a problem. I'm I'm just like everyone else. I'm a student at UBC. Uh, Why I joined Quidditch? Um, Well, I was perusing Main Mall during uh, Imagine Day, and then I saw the sign with uh, our former president holding a sign saying Quidditch. And then I was like, no way that gets played competitively at university. (laughs) To my surprise, it was. And the rest is history. (laughs) (laughs) What about you,
1: Christian?
6: Uh, Yeah, I'm in my final year. I also go to UBC, uh, like (laughs) we all do. Um, What uh, I had a friend who like a family friend or a friend of a friend who played Quidditch. And I, so I'd heard of it. Then I saw the practices out of Totem and Vanier in my first year. And I'm like, ha, 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 that looks so ridiculous. And then I started playing it. And then I I needed a, a sport to fill the void of soccer that I used to play in high school. and But only one sport, because I was now doing engineering. So I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> why not try this? And it's been three, four years. <laughs>
1: once down the rabbit hole, you can't get back up.
6: Yeah.
1: Alright, um, I have to ask for the audience because Quidditch is pretty niche. Explain to us a bit about how uh, Quidditch works. How do you play it? Stuff like that.
6: Um. Alright, I think, I think I have a good understanding of how to explain this. It's been four <laughs> years of people having no idea what Quidditch is. So, it's played kind of like handball or basketball at the basis. You got four people on each team. Uh... These are called chasers. They throw a, a quaffle or a volleyball back and forth, and they try to throw it through the other person's hoops. Um, the game is further complexed uh, when you add a broom that you have to hold between your legs the entire time. Then you add beaters, who are two characters or people on each team who throw dodgeballs. Um, so they're basically playing dodgeball with everyone else while everyone else is trying to play handball, uh, and then The final thing that you add is the Snitch, who is a man or anyone who wears uh, bright yellow shorts with a sock (laughs) with a tennis ball in it, Velcroed to the back of them. They're released after like 17 minutes of gameplay. You then have two players try to grab the sock from behind them as this person will throw those players around, grab their brooms out. Uh, It's a time.
1: (laughs) Anything else to add, Lyndon, from your own experience?
5: Um, Yeah, if it sounds like a lot of moving parts, it is. Um, (laughs) But that's kind of the charm of it. It kind of means that everyone has a role to play. And um, it's not specifically designed for one type of athlete to dominate. Um, If you put a lot of thought and um, effort into your teamwork or into your team and developing as a player, then anyone can succeed.
1: Yeah, and I definitely think it's also important to note that it's also a co-ed sport and as well as being a contact sport. So that makes it one of the first, which is in both categories. All right, so our main theme on today's show is showing the impact of the TSC structure on competitive non-varsity sports. Uh, Previously, we had a chance to talk with the UBC Table Tennis Club, which is making the transition from being an AMS club to being under the TSC umbrella this year. I know that in the past, um, UBC Quidditch made that uh, exact shift from being a competitive club under AMS uh, into a TSC club. Can you explain some of the impacts it has had on the organization?
6: Yeah, sure thing. Um, so the switch happened in 2016, one year before I joined. Uh, and so while neither of us were there, um, it definitely kind of created two cultures sometimes. Lyndon, is that how you describe it?
5: Um Yeah. Yeah, um, it it very much was a split between the two. I think mm-hmm. earlier on, when the season
6: begins, yeah. especially earlier on, it kind of created a more social culture as well as a more competitive team-based culture. Um, while both existed as teams um, and both still do exist, uh, it was a lot more divided in the early days. And I, I'm guessing that their numbers were high enough. And by guessing, I mean guessing from what people have told me. Their numbers <laughs> were high enough. That when they made the switch, it didn't really affect their numbers. They were able to keep playing, but then over the course of that first and second year, the teams kind of divided.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. Like I remember ba- way back when, when I was looking at Facebook, I would see that AMS would field its own team and TSC would field its own team, and it um, it seemed to have created a bit of a clash. So um, in that sense, now about when that uh, Going from when that happened, when um, BBC Quidditch joined the TSC umbrella, uh, how does the AMS club now coexist with TSC, or has there been any change in the way that uh, you've approached it? Cha- um, and what, how has that divided social scene um, evolved uh, in evolved to what it is now today?
5: Yeah, I'll, I'll take uh, hold of this question. Well, you know, I think to define, I think the more important elements are the ones that resonate within the team is a lot of, um, you know, interpersonal relationships are developed during this time because you're practicing at long frequencies and um, often. So um, <clears throat> one thing that's very strong is like, you know, um, a lot of friendships are made. There's a lot of social aspect to that. And AMS club is just a way to enable that. I think as, as the club stands right now, not, maybe not before, but it's just a way to facilitate that. So that maybe people who aren't um, able to commit to the TSC side um, still has an access to the community within UBC.
1: Wow,
6: yeah. That's what I would have said, but not as eloquently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And just have, now I believe UC only fields one team. Does that also help with the just synergy and chemistry between? Uh, ams and tsc working together now
6: it's a little complex to answer that because while right now we're looking at only fielding one team ams and tsc are still separate clubs that mm-hmm. operate and work really closely together um, what was the question again sorry
1: <laughs> uh, just how, how how how's being how how has ams and tsc like cooperate and work together uh, now just being able to just work together as one entity or two entities that are very closely linked
6: yeah okay then yeah i I stand by what i said but with the (laughs) added um the fact that we usually we all practice as one team and the executives of each club have worked very hard to remove the boundaries and remove the defines between them in terms of social i don't know people feeling like they're better than each other linden Mm -hmm. is that what you'd say
5: um, yeah, I also think that um, a lot of it is, you know, the idea of TSE can be very intimidating. You're, you know, playing for the school and you have a lot of commitments. And I think just um, as a whole, by bringing it together, you're um, pushing people to a path that maybe is a little bit more beneficial to them. I think if you kind of leave it there and uh, you allow them kind of a, an out, or just then it's not as, they won't be as willing. To just commit fully even though they might want to when they well, might have the ability to you just um it just creates it just makes it less daunting when the when the choice is made whether or not to commit to footage
1: yeah definitely having that access point if for especially for a sport um that really is very 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 young and just very a very niche community uh if we're honest but that really that helps actually segue perfectly into my next question for you guys and that's how has being a TSC club affected the stigmas surrounding Quidditch um you uh you all know how Qu- Quidditch is viewed as uh, a live action role playing club sometimes and
7: <laughs> it's a sport
1: for nerds that I mean, you're um, not wrong Liz, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah um but in regards to that, like it, it, quidditch is sometimes viewed as just strange and why, um, and strange and like why does this exist? Um, but being a TSC club shows that there is that element of being a sport in it. Can you describe? Yeah,
6: I, of that? I can elaborate more on that because quidditch is the kind of thing that you start playing. You tell people you're playing, and some people are like, "That's awesome." And some people don't believe you. And it's often the people who don't believe you or who try making fun of it that you're like, you know, this is like a university... Rec- We're university athletes. We're not just goofing off in our spare time. And even that would be fun. But it's, it's university recognized. Um, I've won an award for Quidditch. Like, it's not just...
1: <laughs> what award <laughs> have no. you won?
6: Uh, TSC Male Athlete of the Year, I believe 2018-2019. good.
5: Congratulations.
6: It's it's goofy and it's ridiculous and it's the kind of sport where people will make fun of it regardless of if it's good or not, or if it's professional or not, or if there's nationals that you fly to a different part of Canada or not. But having that stuff behind you will convince some of the people to actually give it a second look and then they'll watch the sport maybe and understand how cool it is.
5: Yeah, I would also say that I think, you know, college is probably like the best ecosystem for this type of um, sport to thrive in because yes, there's a very silly element to it, (laughs) but at the same time, um, there is a certain athleticism and um, skills that you do develop as you go on. Um, It isn't, you know, it isn't just a joke club. And even if it was, um, there is a lot of space for that within kind of a community that is built upon smaller communities and people coming together, especially when people are kind of probably coming from high school and um, they do need, kind of a new group of people to hang with or, you know, to spend their time at university with. Quidditch is kind of that, fills that very interesting niche that probably wouldn't work in high school and probably wouldn't work after college, but it's kind of like the prime time for that. You know, it really is, yeah. Flourish.
1: So yeah, and just being an AMS club uh, being an AMS club as well does help with that as well. It's like you, you, can't, you are able to hold social scenes at the same time social part social events, parties, stuff like that, as well as being able to feel that team, which bonds together, like, like a friend, like, uh, like friends bonds together and goes, competes together. Would I be correct in saying that?
5: Well, officially only AMS has uh, these parties. You <laughs> we, we heard about this on, on the TSC side, it doesn't exist. All right. Um, but yes, uh, it's just, a, you know, I, I just think the system that we have, and because we do have one foot in AMS one foot in, TSE gives us a lot of um, wiggle room and a little leeway to do a lot of stuff. So, you know, fundraisers can be a little bit easier because you have that, you can fall on the fact that um, you can be just part of the AMS instead of TSE because they do have limitations on what you can do. Um, but you also kind of have that stability and um, air of school support, just from kind of the uh, administration side of TSE that grants a lot of um, opportunities for our students and as a club. Running in EBC.
6: Couldn't agree more.
1: All right. Uh, so, because it isn't U Sports uh, sanctioned thing where all the schedules are published and, like, you know, each and every team, I have to ask uh, how does your recomp- uh, competition season usually look like if it weren't for COVID? And what sort of impact does being a TSC club uh, have on your ability to compete?
5: Lennon, you want to answer the first part? Um, so, what does a what does the season a look, season like, look usually. like, usually? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, as we are a university team, we, we don't have as much stability as maybe other teams in Vancouver. We do cycle in a lot of different students every year. We have new ones. We have old ones returning. We have some leave. So, you know, a majority of our season is trying to get um, our roster down and comfortable with each other. So, you know, that'll happen. We'll have, you know, some tournaments towards the beginning of the, towards the, beginning of the school year. Um, And then that's kind of the time when the team gets to gel. And then I do believe, uh, you know, there are are repeating competitions that we compete with other teams in Canada throughout the year. But I think that kind of, and then we, I think as long as we play enough games and we score enough, we get to regionals, I believe.
6: Regionals is at the end of first term, yeah.
5: Yeah, regionals at the first term. Um, and then that, and then as you continue along that path and then you go to nationals at the end, and then that's kind of the bigger competition and the thing that we more, uh, prepare most for.
6: Cool. I want to add to that a little, just saying that there's, I believe four teams in the Vancouver area. We're quite lucky of all of the, uh, the Quidditch teams, <laughs> I guess, uh, just because there's so many teams near us, uh, to play and compete against in all of these tournaments. I also want to add Nationals last year was, before it was canceled, unfortunately, um, it was, uh, you actually needed to win enough games, like a percentage of your games, to be eligible. So, Quidditch has now enough teams that they are starting to move into a, if you do good enough in the season, you get to Nationals.
1: (laughs) It's not just invite only?
6: Yeah, not just invite only. Um, I can say being TSC team helps with the fundraising um as well as getting support because man nationals flights can be expensive when you're shipping out i don't know like 20 of us to go to hamilton ontario um it's it's not cheap and tsc is helping in many ways
5: yeah i would also say that um, tsc gives a lot of our players a lot of leeway and it gives them like the opportunity to compete So it is treated as a sport by the university. So there are certain um, academic uh, issues that may not uh, arise because we are with the
1: Yeah. Which is getting academic concession after- Issues that may not
5: arise. I like that. (laughs) I forgot the word for that, so I had to improvise. It's
6: it's good. That's
5: what it means.
1: (laughs) So, Yeah, that really concludes what I wanted to ask you about TSC, but um, I also wanted to ask you, because um, we want more people to know about uh, these kinds of clubs. So can you tell us about any events that you're hosting and what can we look forward to from you this season, especially because most people are impacted by COVID?
6: Yeah, sure. Uh, This season, we've got practices running uh, once a week throughout first term. Second term, we might increase that number. We might not. That's to see. But we'll definitely be running, again, at least one practice throughout second term. Uh, we're also uh, running a house system, uh, which is a way for players who aren't currently in Vancouver, like myself, uh, to maintain being part of the community. Because I think with Quidditch, the community is half the reason why you stay.
1: Awesome. Lyndon, do you have anything to add?
5: Um, no, yeah. Just like the house, the house systems is here. So <laughs> we, um collaborate as a team. Um, You know, we will focus around actually training, maybe independently, but um, helped facilitated by people across the globe.
1: That's awesome. And just as a final parting thought, um, what would you say to the people who are curious about joining they have read uh, what Quidditch is. They they've seen the Imagine Day stuff. They've um, <laughs> they've
6: read Harry Potter. They've read Harry Potter movies. Just something <laughs> they've heard of us. Just come out and try it. It's it's a time, and you might try it and be like, "This is ridiculous. This is the thing for me." It's
5: worth a shot. It's it's a
6: time.
1: Anything you want to add, Lyndon? Um.
5: Yeah. No. It's uh. It's very easily. Um. It's very easy to be seduced. By <laughs> dark side,
2: Quidditch. dark side of Quidditch.
5: You know, uh, I was like, I have, I have been myself. I've been struck by this terrible affliction. So, I hope you do too. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you get struck. <laughs>
8: oh, good. All right. Oh, uh,
1: thank you again uh, for your time, UBC Quidditch. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. To it be has. You, you guys. Um, and we'll we be looking forward to the done. upcoming season from you guys. And what you have planned. So wish you nothing but the best of luck. Sweet. Thanks, Mike.
0: (laughs) Thank you again to Christian and Lyndon for coming on the show. And thank you to Mike for running both those interviews. We will now take a quick break for ads and PSAs before coming back with the news roundup and the Thunderbirds alum of the week.
1: Do you like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy, theater made up on the spot. Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are. Search for us on YouTube for our film sketches. And follow us on Twitter because we want the followers. UBC Improv. Insert cheesy slogan here.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Now here's Ryan Alfonso with the News Roundup, followed by Diana Hong with the Thunderbirds Alum of the Week.
8: This past week, Thunderbird Swimming had big news with two of its athletes placed on teams in the International Swimming League. Marcus Thormier is on the roster for the Tokyo Frog Kings, while Emily Overholt will be swimming for the Toronto Titans alongside two former UBC athletes, Brent Hayden and Yuri Kissel. Both Thormier and Overholt swam for the New York Breakers last year, which was the debut season for the ISL. The pair also represented Canada at the 2016 Olympic Games where Overholt won a relay bronze medal and now both of them are working towards representing Canada once again in Japan. In other news, UBC had its virtual homecoming last week, which featured UBC speakers, athletes, and alumni. There was also an interview with Thunderbird volleyball alum Tom Jones, where he spoke about life as a student athlete during and after his time at UBC. This can be found on the Go Thunderbirds website for anyone who is interested.
7: Thank you, Ryan, for your summary on this week's Thunderbirds News Roundup. Next up, Thunderbirds alum of the week. If you just tuned in right now or are new to the show, we're introducing one Thunderbirds alum every week to focus not only on their sports life at UBC, but also their career and story outside the world of sports. There's no time limitation and we invite you to go on a journey deep dive into the history of UBC Thunderbirds with us. There are many incredible UBC alumni, one of them is John Turner. Sadly, on September 19th, Turner passed away in his Toronto home at the age of 91. This is extremely sad news for the entire UBC Thunderbirds community. Turner had talents in many different fields. He was a former prime minister, and before that, he was a UBC track and field star and is a UBC Sports Hall of Fame inductee. Turner was born in Surrey, England in 1929 and moved to Rosslyn, British Columbia as a child. He then became a talented, record-breaking track sprinter and qualified for Canada's 1948 Olympic team. He started studying at UBC when he was 16 years old and graduated when he was 19 years old, which is an incredible accomplishment considering he was also an athlete. After getting his undergraduate degree from UBC, he went to Oxford University in England for a bachelor's degree in jurisprudence. Then he returned to Canada to start his career in law, and in the late 1950s, he began working with the Liberal Party. In 1962, he was elected as a liberal MP and he joined Lester B. Pearson's cabinet, worked under Pierre Trudeau as Minister of Justice from 1968 to 1972 and Minister of Finance from 1972 to 1975. Turner temporarily left politics in 1975, continuing his former profession in corporate law, but returned to politics in 1984 and became candidate. Canada's 17th Prime Minister after Pierre Trudeau's retirement. Although he only served for 79 days as Prime Minister, he was able to positively influence Canada's government. Turner was well known as Canada's Kennedy or the Golden Boy. He was also the sports editor for the UBC, and according to the UBC alum, Tom Hawthorne, Chick Turner was a teenage sensation at the University of British Columbia. My sincerest condolences to Turner's family and we will forever remember T-Bird's sensation, the UBC's former sports editor, and former Prime Minister John Turner.
0: And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Mike Liu, Ryan Alfonso, and Diana Hong. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great rest of your day.